Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. I am your host, Kendall Callaway, and we got a good one lined up for today, man. The NFL is back, man, so we're covering some NFL news. We're doing previews of <clears throat> all the games, and we're going to do a recap of the Cowboys and Tampa Bay game from Thursday. We, Of course, we got some boxing news for you. News on Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. News on Caleb Plant and Canelo Alvarez. And, of course, we got some UFC news. Darren Till not being able to win a big one. Took a loss last week. We're going to cover that. And that'll be our episode, man. So, y'all know the drill. We're going to relax let this instrumental run and jump right into the NFL news. Let's go. What's poppin'? All right, man, let's get right to the NFL segment, man. Once again, welcome back to another episode of Callaway Sports Podcast, man. We're going to jump things off with my Baltimore Ravens, man. Injuries continue to hunt this Ravens team before the season has even started, man. Uh, we lost J.K. Dobbins in uh, preseason week three. Caught it off the field. Come to find out he has a torn ACL. And since then, we have lost Justice Hill to a torn Achilles. And just a few days ago, on back-to-back plays, we lost Gus Edwards, another running back, and Marcus Peters, our DB, torn ACL for both of them, man. So, with all these injuries uh, for Baltimore, they did make some type of change. They signed Latavius Murray, who was just released by the Saints, signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. He's expected to play Monday. Uh, so, therefore, you know what I'm saying, so far as a fan of the Ravens and, you know, wanting to see my team uh, – really just succeed. <clears throat> I was very confident going to the season, still confident. Um I like these two make uh, these two moves that they've made. I feel like it still makes us a very good team. I uh I, I love what we did leading up to now and uh I'm just ready to see this team Monday. Really ready to see what the secondary is gonna be like now that Marcus Peters is not playing. Uh he's such a you know he's such a talented player. He's a big, big, big part of why we were successful last year. So, not to have him this year would be very, very tough. But moving on, man, Carson Wentz is set to play week one. Um, he's clear from the foot injury, so I'm excited to see Carson as well. Man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz. I'm, I'm excited to see him in um, Indy, back under his former offensive coordinator. Very, very good offensive line. No T.Y. Hilton this week, but I'm eager to see, you know, the chemistry that uh, he has with these guys. We know that um, he didn't get – much time with them, but we'll see, man. They got the uh, Seahawks uh, tomorrow. TJ Watt also got paid, man. He got paid the bank, man. He broke the bank. Four-year, $112 million extension. So happy for TJ as well, man. He deserves it. He's such a he's such a phenomenal player. He's been a big uh, part of that Pittsburgh team coming off that edge. Um, and to quote Bill Belichick, the best ability is availability. T.J. Watt, dang their plays every game, every down. He's just very, very talented, man. So that's definitely well-deserved for him. And also, what's next for Cam 
and was New England his last shot, man, being cut by New England last week, I believe. What's next for Cam Newton? Um, a lot of people felt like that was his last shot being in New England. I don't really see Cam being a backup. He said that he would have been okay with being one, but somebody um, with the talent that Cam has, I, I, I do feel that Cam can still play. I just don't see him as a backup, man. I really don't. Uh, so, me personally, I would like to see a team like the Texans, you know, go after Cam. Uh, I doubt that Deshaun Watson will play this season at all. Tyrod Taylor is set to start for them tomorrow. Um, go after Cam Newton, man. Get you a quarterback um, for now with everything that's going on, the controversy with Deshaun Watson. You know, you want somebody that can really just make plays. Tyrod Taylor's been in and out of, you know, teams and, and, and games, not taking anything away from Tyrod, but you want somebody who, you know, I feel can win you games. And I think a one-two punch of Cam and Mark Ingram over there would be very, very good for that team. So I'd like to see Cam in Houston somewhere where he can start. I feel like Cam is still talented enough to be a starting quarterback, man. So we'll see. But moving on, man, uh, Thursday night, the NFL season kicked off. We got we had the Dallas Cowboys, America's team versus the defending champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. It was a very, very exciting game. I was very, very impressed by what I've seen from the Cowboys more than anything. Very, very impressed with what I've seen from them. But it's always going to be a but. The thing is, man, uh, they did battle to the finish, but my thing with Dallas is – uh. When Dak looks impressive like he did um, Thursday night, like he did in the first five games of last season, that's great. But you're still losing games. It's my only issue. That's my only issue watching Dallas. They look good hanging with the defending champs. But how often is this story still going to play out of Dak throwing 300-plus yards, but y'all losing games. Because me personally, I feel that the Cowboys can't really win games with Dak throwing 40, 50, you know what I'm saying, 40 or 50 times. I would like to see him throw 30 to 35. Zeke only touched about 11 times, and, and I think they're a better team when they're mixing things up. They have some great pass plays and formations and how they, you know, how every receiver, you know, is moving throughout these formations. You got Coop in slot sometimes. You got Michael Gallup in slot sometimes. You got CD there sometimes. You know, they even throw Cedric Wilson in there. And then you may switch Coop and put him back on the ice, uh, back on the outside. And, you know, he may have a one-on-one situation. Same thing with Gallup or CD. So they have a lot of diversity with the past game, but I feel like now it's, it's more of their neglect in the run game. And Zeke is a very talented running back as well. So I feel as if to win, Zeke has to get 15 to 20 touches. Dak has to throw between 30 and 35 times. You have to even it and, you know what I'm saying, balance it out. <clears throat> so I would like to see them uh, really get Zeke involved more. Uh, and also, man, Gronk and A.B., man, they shine. A.B. look like Pittsburgh A.B., he looked in mid-season form already, man. Same thing with Grunk. Grunk had some big catches. And uh, Tampa Bay looked good. You know, I think I think Brady looked a lot more comfortable 
compared to last season where, you know, I feel like he was still trying to figure things out, you know, didn't have training camp, didn't have OTAs or anything like that going into last season, having that this season and, and growing that chemistry with these guys. They look very good and they look tough. You know, their defense is going to always look tough as well. They took a hit with Sean Murphy Bunton. Uh, looked like a dislocated elbow. I will look into that and see what's going on there. Uh, I do believe he's their best corner, so uh, not having him is going to be a big blow for them. But, man, going into uh, the week one games, man, we go cover the rest of these games. I believe the first game to jump us off Sunday is uh, Seahawks and the Colts. And in that game, I think I'm going to take – I'm going to go with the Seahawks. There's no think about it. I am going to go to Seahawks. As much as I love Carson Wentz, I just don't believe he had that he has had enough time to build chemistry with his um, his players right now. I think within the next few weeks, I think it will get better. I would like to see how they do within the first four or five weeks. But I think he's in a great situation. I just think with the Seahawks defense – Bobby Wagner and those guys are great stuff. You know what I'm saying? Great stuff in the run. They upgraded at DB a little bit with Witherspoon from the 49ers. I just feel that the Seahawks right now will be able to stuff the run. It's going to force Carson to throw the ball a little bit more. And uh, we'll just see, you know, coming off the come off the foot injury and and not really having too much time with his guys. I think it takes, you know, I think it's going to – I definitely think it's going to show. You know, I definitely think it's going to show. So, definitely taking the Seahawks in week one. We're going to go with 23-17. You know, I do feel like um, – do feel like the Colts will be able to compete. I just don't think they'll be able to compete long enough to win the game. You know, Russell Wilson is not a guy that you play with. And uh, I just I just see them taking that one, man. So, uh Man, I love this song. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the next one, man. Let me get a sip of this water. We go get right back into it. Jags and the Texans, man. Jacksonville had the number one pick. They took Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. After uh, seeing what I seen from him in <clears throat> in preseason, I like what I see. I think I think he has a good core around him as far as. Receivers, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, adding Marvin Jones there. I think he has guys that he can really target, and I just don't think the Texans are ready right now to compete. I do feel like the Jags still have some holes uh, on the defensive side of things. So I'm going to go 17-14 Jags, man. I'm going to take the Jags in that one. Next, man, we got the Eagles and the Falcons. Jalen Hurts. You got Matt Ryan. I'm going to take um, – I'm going to take the Falcons in that one. I've always been skeptical about the Eagles secondary. I've always been skeptical about their secondary. And um, with the Falcons losing Julio, that's a big hit, but you still got Calvin Ridley. Uh, they are a throwing team, so I feel like they're going to throw the ball, and I think it's it's, it's really going to uh, wear down that 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 Eagles secondary, even with you know Darius Slay being over there. Then you add Kyle Pitts to the uh, – you know, you add, you throw him into the mix. I think he's gonna have a, a very good first game as well. Uh, but I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna take the Falcons to edge of that. I think, I think the Eagles will still be, you know, kind of working out the kinks with things. You know, I know that they've had 
injuries and things like that. So I'm going to go Falcons 20 to 16. 20 to 16. Next on the list, man, we got <clears throat> the LA Chargers versus the Washington football team. I love Washington. I love that defense. I do feel that they will win the NFC East again. Adding Ryan Fitzpatrick over there, um, a veteran quarterback with, you know, that offense that is growing. And then you got that great defense over there, you know, that front line, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, you know. Um, they got some they got some big boys over there, Ryan Kerrigan. And and I feel like they're, that they're only going to get better. But Justin Herbert and that offense, I think, will be too much for that secondary. You got Justin Herbert – you got Keenan Allen, you got Hunter Henry, and then I think the defense will win them this game, honestly. I think Washington can get to Justin Herbert just a little bit, but I think it's gonna be the Chargers defense, Derwin James and all those guys, Chris Harris Jr. I think I think that they can contain Washington in this first game. Honestly, I feel like a lot of teams are still gonna be working at the Kings. I got the Chargers 17 to 10 in that one, man. Real quick, man, we're going to take a brief, brief break, and we're going to get right back to the previews of these games and who I'm taking, man. Y'all stay tuned. Callaway Sports Podcast. All right, man, we're getting right back into it, man. <clears throat> so let's, <clears throat> let's jump right back into this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We left off on the Chargers Washington game, and we're going to the Steelers versus the Bills. TJ Watts did just get paid, and I think that's going to really boost his – I mean, TJ's going to be top of his game anyway. I feel like the, the Steelers really, really, really believe in TJ, but I just don't think that's going to be enough to beat this Bills team. Uh, the Bills Mafia is is growing and growing and growing um, each, each and every year. Josh Allen gets better and better. Their defense gets better and better. And uh, – I just think the Bills' offense is going to be a little bit too much. I don't, I'm not really sure how dynamic the Steelers' offense is going to be, and and I think that's going to be the key. We are in an era where offense is really ruling uh, some things, and 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 the Bills have that. You know, the Bills have that offense that can potentially compete with the Chiefs. You know. Uh, with somebody as dynamic as Josh Allen, somebody as dynamic as a Stephon Diggs. He's a great route runner. So I'm going to take the Bills in that one, 30 to 20. 30 to 20 for sure. I'm, I'm definitely taking the Bills. Next game, man, we got the 49ers and the, and the Lions. I've never been one uh, who has enjoyed watching Detroit play. You know, I, I, I hated Matthew Stafford over there because I feel like he deserves so much better. And I hate that Jared Goff has been thrown into that, you know, situation now. Uh, Marvin Jones is gone. Kenny Galladay is gone. So I just don't think that the Lions' offense can really keep up with that 49ers defense for sure. That 49ers defense is tough. Uh, Nick Bosa and those guys are are, are killers, you know. So I'm going to take the 49ers in that one for sure, man. I think uh, if – I'm not sure who's starting. I'm not sure if it's Jimmy G. I'm not sure if it's Trey Lance. All I know is either one, I believe that they can get a job done. 27 to 10. I think I think they win comfortably. I think they control the entire game through all four quarters, man. Next, man, we got the Vikings and the Bengals, man. You know I love Joe Burrow. You know I love those, those LSU boys, uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I just don't think 
old Joe Nasty is what I like to call him, Joe Dirty. I don't think Joe and those guys have enough to beat the Vikings just yet. I don't see them stopping Dalvin Cook. I don't see them stopping the rush uh, with um, Daniel Hunter. You got, you got Eric Kendricks over there. That offensive line is not very good in Cincinnati. So um, I'm going to take the Vikings in that one, man. I'm going to take the Vikings 23-13. to Jets versus the Panthers, man. Still not sold on the Jets. I, I like the draft getting Zach Wilson. Just don't think he has a lot to work with. When you look at guys like Trevor Lawrence, he's coming into a situation where he had, you know, he's got good, solid receivers to work with, not just one or two. You know, he's got he's got three, and then, he's you know, he has his running back that he had in college. You look at Trey Lance, you know, he's got Debo Samuel and those guys over there. He's got George Kittle. Uh, you look at um, Justin Fields, who I'm shocked is not is not starting. But, you know, whenever he does, which I feel like he will, he has targets. Zach Wilson does not have that. The defense is still shaky. I'm definitely taking Sam Donald and the Panthers. Robbie Anderson, those guys, I feel. Christian McCaffrey, I think those guys are going to be way too much for him. I'm going to go with the Panthers 23-9. to 23-9. Next, man, Cardinals, Titans. I love this game because it's just dynamic players on both, you know what I'm saying, on on both sides, on both teams. When you got the Cardinals, you got um you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got, you know what I'm saying, you got Kyler Murray. Um you got all these, you know, this this great mix of players. Christian Kirk and then you look at defense, you got Chandler Jones, you got um you got JJ Watt now, you got you got Buddha Baker, but you did lose Patrick Peterson, and I think that's where they're gonna take the hit at. I'm taking the Titans in this one. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, AJ Brown. I just don't see how the Cardinals can stop, you know, saying those guys over there. I'm taking the Titans. 30 to 24. I think it's gonna be a very, very entertaining game, though, man. Excited to see Julio in a new system. I expect Julio to have a big game, man. Next, man, Browns versus the Chiefs. We've seen the shootout that uh, Baker and Pat Mahomes had when they were in college. We've seen them have a great game last year in the playoffs, and I think it's going to continue. OBJ's coming back. I think the Browns have made some some very good moves of building that team. I think the chemistry is building for those guys. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield, OBJ, David Njoku. I think it's going to be a very good game. But those Chiefs, man, to beat to beat the Chiefs, I feel you have to uh, you have to score 30, 35 or more points. I don't see the Browns doing this right now, but I see the Chiefs, you know what I'm saying, working back into things, working the kinks out. This is just a, a guess on what I feel the Chiefs will put up. I got them putting up 33 to the 27 of the Browns. Could be more on the Chiefs' end, man, because, you know, they're just such a dynamic offense with Pat Mahomes and Clyde. It was Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hartman. You got Tyron Matthew on the defense end. I got the definitely got the Chiefs going, um, going over the Browns now in 33-27. Next man got the Dolphins versus the Patriots. Man, I would have loved to see Cam play Week One, but we get Mac Jones, who's a very good player as well. Um, I like what I see from the uh, Patriots defense, adding Matthew Judon and things like that, building up that you know that that linebacker court. You got J.C. Jackson, Devin McCourty, and those guys over the top. Just don't think the Dolphins have enough 
I don't think Tua would be able to handle the Patriots defense and, and, and what Bill and those guys are going to scheme up. I got the um, the Pats in that one. I think I, I think Mac Jones has a good first game, 24-13. You know, 24-13, definitely taking the Patriots in that one. Broncos versus the Giants. I like adding to the bridge while over there. Would like to see him and Drew Locke really battle this, you know, see who's going to be the, the starter, you know. Um... Broncos just don't have enough Tamiya on the defensive end. I would like to see Von Miller somewhere else, but they do still have Von Miller. Um, I think they lack in that secondary department. And the Giants' defense is is, is really growing. You know, you got James Bradbury at um, DB. The linebacker and lineman core is building. Saquon, Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay. Daniel Jones has a good target to throw at. He still has... Sterling Shepard. I'm gonna take the Giants 23 to 13. I think I think they control this game and win comfortably as well. Packers and the Saints, man. Gotta know I'm taking A Rod and Tay Adams. No Drew Brees over there in New Orleans no more. Uh, I think Jameis is gonna, you know, I think I think Jameis is gonna throw the ball like he usually does. I do feel turnovers will be an issue for the Saints. And I just don't think they have enough to stop that Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, you know. Um, just don't see them beating them. I got the Packers 31-17 in that one, man. Next on the list, last two games, Bears versus the Rams. Like I said, I'm shocked that Justin Fields wasn't starting. They're going with Andy Dalton. They're going with the vet. I don't think Andy Dalton would be ready for the pressure that's going to come from an Aaron Donald. 99 out of there. Uh, then you got... Ramsey over the top, and I also feel as if they are a better team because adding Matthew Stafford, veteran quarterback who can who can really throw that ball. Matthew Stafford has a cannon. Taking the Rams now, man, twenty four ten. I feel that they control the game all night long as well. Aaron Donald, I feel, will have a big game, and I think um, I think Matthew Stafford will show why you know he is better fit for that offense. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. Look, I'm 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 eager to see what Matthew Stafford does. You know, he's a very very good quarterback, but he was in Detroit. Didn't really see them as much. He didn't have much to work with. So excited to see uh, Stafford uh, there. Uh, next man, uh, we have my Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm definitely taking my Ravens, man. I do feel even though with the hits that we've taken defensively and offensively. I think, I think, I feel Lamar will still have a good game. Uh, we added a lot of receivers and targets that he can go with. Uh, we won't have Nick Boyle either, but I still feel it would be okay. We got Mark Andrews. We got Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman. You know, we still have a good solid offense. And then our leader, you know, Lamar. Lamar is going to do some Lamarvelous things against that Raiders defense. I do not feel that it is that good. Just yet, as far as the Raiders' offense, you know, they do have Darren Waller. They do have Josh Jacobs. They have that speedster, Henry Ruggs. But I think that our defense, those linebackers over there, I just feel that we can do enough and cause enough trouble on Derek Carr, Calais Campbell, you know, and those guys, Patrick Queen. I feel that, you know, I feel that we can still get it done, 27-17, to 17, man. But that is the preview of week one. In the National Football League, man, 
Y'all be sure to tune in tomorrow, man. Football is back. I'm pretty sure y'all tuned in Thursday, that Cowboys-Bucks uh, game. But coming up next, man, we got the boxing segment, man. We're going to get into that Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter news as soon as we jump like, we jumping it off with that news right there. So stay tuned, man. All right, man, like I said, man, let's get right into this boxing segment, man. Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter. Let's get right into it, man. Y'all ready? All right, now. <clears throat> so, if you've been keeping up with your boxing news, I know I've spoken about it a few times on my previous episode, pre previous episodes. Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter has been in talks. You know, um, I can say that I did criticize Sean Porter for not activating his mandatory spot when he was the mandatory, but they went into uh, they went into negotiations maybe a few weeks back. No, I wouldn't say a few weeks back, about a month and a half ago. It was given a deadline for a um, man. I forget the uh, the deal that they was looking for. Uh, pretty much, they were looking to um, kind of figure out who was gonna um, who was gonna promote the fight. Will it be shown on ESPN the top rank? Will it be shown on, you know, with Fox and PBC and, and Showtime and all of those guys? You know, who's going to be the A side? Who's going to be the B side? We all know what goes into boxing negotiations. Couldn't really get a common ground done. Um, man, I, I, I wish I had the time to remember the name of what um, the title of the deal that they were looking for. But either way it go, they didn't reach it. But at the same time, they still are able to make a deal happen with the fight uh, where both sides would be happy and, you know what I'm saying, comfortable with what they're going to make and things like that. These are two guys that just want to fight. We know Terrence Crawford um, is a dog. We know Sean Paul is a dog. These are two dogs that want to fight each other. I think Terrence Crawford has been on the outside looking in, and this is a fight that, that, that Bud needs in his career where people can really stop criticizing Bud. I think a lot of people are very hard on uh, on on Terence Crawford, saying that he doesn't want to fight, he doesn't fight anybody. But I do feel that Terence has been in a in, in a terrible situation with Top Rank and, and Bob Arum. And people know I'm from Dallas, Texas. I love Earl Spence, but I do also love Terence Crawford. You know, before Earl really built his name up, I watched Terence Crawford. You know, Terence Crawford is that guy. And so is Earl Spence. But this is the fight. If Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter, well, when they fight, the fight is set to happen in November. They're, 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 they're setting a date up in November. So that's the big news. Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter will fight. If everything goes right, they will fight. Terrence Crawford beats Sean Porter in a manner, in a fashion that Keith Thurman couldn't do, that, that, that Kel Brook couldn't do. That Earl Spence couldn't do. What does that say about Terrence Crawford then? You know? Also, Sean Porter beats Terrence Crawford. What, what does that say about Sean Porter? You know? I feel like if that was to happen, Porter immediately has to get a rematch with Earl Spence because I feel like with your Dennis Ugas defeating Manny Pacquiao, he's now a WBA champion. That's going to get into our next topic. Spence versus Ugas should be, should be made once... Earl is clear. Once Earl is cleared, he's able to fight. I doubt that it'll be this year. If I'm Earl, I don't fight this year. You know, I know that he most likely wanted to, but you know, try to get it. You know, try to get a fight in early 2022. If you can get cleared, which I doubt it, 
if, if, if Earl can get cleared for late this year, December, cool. But if I'm Earl, I, I push for early January, maybe February for um, Ugas fight because with Earl holding the WBC and the IBF, Ugas holding the WBA, that gets those, you know, those top welterweights that allows them a step closer to becoming undisputed because all these guys want to be undisputed, you know. Bud holds a WBO, so you get him in Portland to fight. Winner that fight gets the winner out of Spence and Ugas. It makes the most sense, you know. Undisputed champion at 147 will happen. If things go that way, you know. Next on the list, man, Shakur Stevenson, Shakur Stevenson versus Jameel Herring. I love this fight uh, for Shakur more than anything because I know he, he's really been pushing for a big name. You know, somebody that, that that's going to bring the best out of Shakur Stevenson. My only knock on Shakur Stevenson is that the fighters that he has faced, when he's dominated them for 12 rounds, I prefer you to stop the guys and... Get the knockout. You know what I mean? You know, because when you look at a guy like I'm not the biggest fan of his, but Tiafimo Lopez, he knocked out the guys he was supposed to knock out. Tank knocked out the guys he was supposed to knock out. Tank pretty much knocks out everybody, but that's what he did. When Earl was coming up, Earl knocked out the guys he was supposed to. He stopped the guys he was supposed to. Keith Thurman, um, Jamel Charlo, Jamal Charlo, Terrence Crawford, they all knocked out the guys they were supposed to. So I think the knock on Shakur Stevenson is that He's a great boxer, great defensive fight. He does all these things great, but he doesn't. We some of us fear he doesn't fight completely up to his potential, and 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 we just don't see that killer. You know me, I love killers. I just don't see that killer in Shakur Stevenson just yet. You know, so that's what we're looking for. But I feel like this fight is a coming out party for Shakur. I think he performs at a completely different level that we, you know, what I'm saying some of us didn't expect him to compete at. So I'm 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 very excited to see um Shakur and Jamil Heron fight because I feel like this is this is Shakur's coming out point. I think he performs at a very, very high level and I think he stakes his claim at one thirty and then eventually moves up to thirty five. You know, I think I think it's a it, it's a lot of good fights for Shakur at one thirty if he can get them. Same situation with Shakur like Terrence Crawford. Over there in top rank, you're not gonna find the best guys, you know, at 30, 35, 40, and forty seven. So you have to reach out to these other, you know what I'm saying, networks. You have to reach out to your Showtimes and your PBCs and your the zone and your match room to see if, you know, though, you know, you and your promoter and the promoters over there can get some type of deal done, you know. And everybody wants to be the A side these days. Everybody wants to be the A side. So it makes the politics and boxing makes things very, very tough. But like I said, man, it's, a, it's some very good fights for Shakur at 30. And if he was to move up to 35, he can fight Leo Santa Cruz. You know, it's it's a lot of good fights for Shakur out there. <clears throat> we are one month away from the Fury versus Wilder trilogy, man. And uh, I'm excited, you know. I, I was a little upset that it came like this uh, in the midst of Joshua getting ready to fight Fury. Uh, but this is a fight that had to happen as well. Um I just didn't know Wilder was, you know, really just going to throw a monkey wrench in there the way he did, but he did it. And I'm excited to see him in the ring with the new skills that he has shown in training videos. And I'm excited to see uh, Tyson Fury. You know, Tyson Fury is a, is a very, very good boxer. He's a different heavyweight to be that big and, and, and move the way that he does. Um, 
I want Wilder to win, man. I think stylistically, even going into the first fight, we all knew that Tyson Fury was the better boxer um, all around, you know. Quick hands, good defense, sets his punches up well. But when you're Deontay Wilder and you, you, and you just have that dynamite in the hand and you can end the fight um, in the blink of an eye, and now you start adding skills to that to where you're setting these shots up better, um, who knows what happens. You know, I feel Wilder, I've said this, my dad has said this, with skills, he's the best heavyweight in the world. No doubt about it. You know, Wilder can take a punch. Uh, that's a knock to me. Uh, at the Joshua, he, he can't really take a punch. And he has a tough test ahead of him. And that's what we're getting into next. But one month away, Fury versus Wild, I believe October 9th. Y'all be sure to tune in. It will be on pay-per-view. Next, Joshua versus Alexander Usyk. Usyk was a cruiserweight. He's a lot smaller than Joshua. Joshua has a big, big size difference. But Usyk, man, uh, out of the Ukraine, like Vasily Lomachenko, He's got skills to pay the bills as well, man, and and I think he can create problems for Joshua. It really, to me, it depends on what Joshua shows up. Will it be the Joshua in the Ruiz fight, the the second one where he pretty much pot shot it and outboxed Andy, or is it gonna be that Joshua that you know box box and then works his way in and 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 starts to you know really just deliver punishment? So. It's a very, very exciting fight. That fight is around the corner, September 25th, I believe. So be on the lookout for that. Anthony, jo- Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk, man. Uh, those heavyweight titles are on the line. Next, man, winners of both fight. You know what I'm saying? The winners of those two fights also, it's on the right that they fight each other. You know, the best half to fight the best. Similar situation with these guys in the heavyweight division like it is in um, the welterweight division with Earl and, and Terrence and those guys. Joshua defeats Usyk. He should fight the winner of Fury versus Wilder. You know, vice versa. If Usyk wins, he should fight the winner. Of, it just makes the most sense because if, if, if Usyk can defeat Joshua, he holds three of the belts or four of the belts, however many it is, it only makes sense. You know, why would he go and, you know, defend these times when he can go after the big dog and, you know, the WBC belt? So, very, very excited to see these two fights play out. I think it... it, it It'll definitely bring some clarity to the heavyweight division because you got guys like Luis Ortiz and Andy Ruiz. You know, you got these guys that still kind of sit on the side, but they, you know, you want to be smart and wait for these fights to kind of, you know, play out and see what's next. You know, you got Dylan White, you know what I'm saying? You got all these guys out there. So be on the lookout. If you are a fan of the heavyweight division, be on the lookout for the next month, month and a half. And then, of course, the end of the year. Um, we didn't get Spence versus Pacquiao, but me as a fan, I'm glad that we're getting Canelo versus Plant because at some point it felt like we weren't going to get uh, Canelo and um, Caleb, but we're getting it. <clears throat> that fight is in November as well, and um, it should be exciting, man. It has to be. When, when you look at Caleb Plant's staff, you don't, if you're not familiar with Caleb Plant, man, go search him up. You know, slick boxer. Six one six two keeps the range very well. He's hard to hit, and then you got Canelo, who his defense has improved, uh, you know, on a completely different level. And Canelo's a killer, but I agree with what Caleb Plant said. I feel like he showed Canelo has showed vulnerability in fights that have been close. The Lara fight when he lost to Floyd, um, a little bit in 
um, the Billy Joe fight out and also in the Triple G fight. So Caleb Plant is a guy, he has that style that can definitely give Canelo trouble. Uh, Canelo has trouble, you know, he, he, he has had trouble with boxers in the past. Floyd Mayweather, Arizona Lara, you know, guys that can box, that can move pretty well, give Canelo trouble. So I, I definitely think Plant brings him a lot of troubles despite what, you know, people on social media says Caleb Plant is a is a is a tough test for Canelo. But um Eddie Reynoso, Canelo and his team, they've been criticized a lot within the past week or two, you know, those guys who trained with Eddie, Canelo, Oscar Valdez, Ryan Garcia, they've been under the scope very, very hard because of the failed drug test from Oscar Valdez, you know, you know, Canelo had a little scandal a few years back with some 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 meat or whatever it was. So a lot of people are looking at those guys and like, you know, are you guys really clean? So we'll see if those things clear up, man. But that's it for the boxing segment, man. We got some we got some good fights um, coming up and, and, and hopefully we for those of us who have questions about certain things, they'll be answered uh, within the next three to four months, man. So um, pretty much the end of the year. Y'all stay tuned, man. We're going into our last segment. That is a UFC segment. And um, we're going to wrap it up, man. Stay tuned. All right, man. Last segment. I thank y'all for tuning in with me. It's been another another good episode, man. I won't keep y'all long with this one, man. We're going to jump right into it, man. Last weekend, Darren Till versus Derek Brunson. Darren Till was not able to win the big one against Brunson. Although he did have a torn ACL that he was fighting on, um, Till has not looked great since um, starting his UFC career off 17-0-1. That was his record going into the title fight with Tyron Woodley. Lost to Woodley. He's won one fight since then. He's won four uh, since that fight three years ago. Um, and, it, and, and it comes to question... You know, for those of us who've seen the weight cut for Darren Till when he was cutting down to 170, Till is a big boy, 6'2". He's probably walking around about 220 when he's not fighting. So um, a lot of us felt that the move to the move to middleweight would be the best thing for him, weight cut-wise. But he's not, he, he hasn't really been able to win a big fight. And granted, you know, he's fought some 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 very tough guys. He fought Kevin Gasman. He got the win against, but he fought, he fought Robert Whitaker, you know. Uh, so, and now he, you know, he he's faced Derek Brunson. <clears throat> I felt that he could beat Brunson. Didn't happen though. So it just comes to question, you know, what's next for Darren Till following, you know, recovery from the ACL injury. Derek Brunson wants the Adesanya rematch. If if you recall, Adesanya's coming out party where everybody was like, yeah, you know, this guy's really the, you know, this guy's a real deal. You know, pretty much kind of like when Conor defeated. Dustin Poirier in 2014, Adesanya was that for, well, Derek Brunson was that for Israel uh, a few years ago. He wants that rematch. You know, he he feels he has made the necessary adjustments that has made him a much better fighter, and he feels that he can definitely beat Israel Adesanya. I would like to see that fight, but I do believe it is a man from Australia. Goes by the name of Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. He wants that rematch as well. Also, UFC 266 is around the corner, man. It will be headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky, the UFC featherweight champion. He'll be taking on 
number one contender. Well, number two contender in my, in my eyes. I feel like the number one guy is Max Holloway, but he'll be taking on Brian Ortega. Also, my girl, Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko is back. She'll be defending her UFC ch uh, title against Lauren Murphy. <clears throat> and also, the return of Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. They're running back from their fight from 2004. So, man, y'all tune in, man. The world has wanted to see Nick Diaz since about 2015. It's been six long years. Robbie Lawler has been out for the last two, maybe three years. Um, that card is, is stacking up to be great. The UFC is looking to finish... 2021 strong. We got a lot of big fights coming. Usman versus Covington 2. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Um, Rose Navajunas is running back with Jean Wei Lee. So y'all stay tuned for the remainder of the year, man. I thank y'all for tuning in with me. Another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. Y'all know what to do, man. Y'all spread the word. Y'all continue to do that for me. I love the support, man. Uh, share this. I will be posting this on my Facebook, on my Instagram story. And also, if you don't have an Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find me there, Callaway Sports. Thank y'all for tuning in with me. God bless y'all.